Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Reggie must be ready to talk about pre-season testing, I'm oh, guessing. I am, I am ready. I am, I've never been more ready or excited for pre-season testing in my entire life. I mean, he's he's been on... The Mazepin train all winter, then one good day of season, whoa, whoa, pre-season whoa, whoa, testing whoa. from Ferrari. And he's he's wearing his Ferrari shirt. He's got his Ferrari flask. I'm out here to represent today. I'm out here to represent all Tifosi. I'm out here. Let's go. to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show by the Formula Nerds. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week. I have a traditional team of three to help me work through everything. We have our resident Ferrari... F- oh, that was... Sh- we have our resident Ferrari fanboy, Bridge, decked out in red today. How are you, Bridge? I have never been greater in my entire life. What a day. What a day it's been, but we'll get on get onto it soon, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that. Abby? I'm all right, right, thank you. A bit battered by all the English weather, but I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. And finally, we have Sam filling in for Grace, not for a concussion for once or COVID or whatever else. She's actually on holiday, signing it up in Spain. So that's all right. Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, I've never heard anyone so excited about a, you know, decent pre-season test. And also, Abby, have you considered maybe staying inside? That is a very good point. I should try that sometime. (laughs) Well, Sam has led me nicely into our first topic, because where else could we start? But today is the first day with F1 cars back on track in 2022. It's the first day of pre-season testing, or the shakedown, or whatever they're calling it, in Barcelona. And yeah, everyone happy to see cars back on track finally? It, just before I go off on a Ferrari rant, because it's coming. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing just to see cars back on track. After the controversy that we had all off-season, it's nice to just have some cars back on track that's not on a computer screen, which is lovely. Yeah, I mean, I've missed F1. My weekends have been boring because there has been no F1 to watch. And now with with the preseason testing starting it finally feels like the season is coming we are less than a month away and i am so excited to see those cars out on track plus you know if you have to live outside in a hurricane the whole time that can't be that much fun, can it? <laughs> no the pre-season testing does does make life a lot better 
Well, yeah, and they all look great as well. I think that's pretty much uh, the consensus across the internet is they all look good. People worried what they might actually end up looking like. I will say, actually, that I was very against the McLaren design, but with it out on track and it glowing in the Spanish sunlight, it doesn't look as bad as it did at the launch. That, that is the I'll most... Take, I'll take that as an apology. That is... Well, 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 no. No, it's not an apology. It still, it still looks bad, but it, looks, it doesn't look as bad as it did at the launch. I think it looks great. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not with you there, James, I'm afraid. Um, I know. None of the notes except kind of Abby are. It's fine. I've made my piece. I get to live the, the bridge life and be the, the, the hot take for once. <laughs> I'll tell you one car that I'm actually low, and it's not even an ugly car. It's a good looking car, but they set the bar so high last year. I'm not that excited about the Alpha Tauri. Like, it's a good looking car, but I fully thought it would be the best looking car on the grid, and I don't think it's even top half. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I've seen quite a lot of people saying that it's a great looking car. I think it was in most top threes when we did our little top six last week. I had it, I think, in the middle. I think I'm a bit torn on it. It kind of looks like an old Brabham, which I quite like. But for a, you know, for a a team that is a fashion company, it has to look, it should be the best. Top two minimum. And it's okay. But yeah, it's a little bit messy from certain angles. It looks better than others. But yeah, AlphaTauri, aside from looking okay, were also okay on the times. We had Yuki Snowder in seventh. Uh, middle of the pack out of the 16 drivers. Pierre will get his chance tomorrow. And it was it was a good day for Ferrari, for Ferrari, as we've heard from Bridge already. He's repping his flask and his shirt and talking like it's a, it's a double championship title already. They didn't even come top. The second and third. Top was Lando Norris, 22 champion. Heard it here first. Half a second clear of the field. Abby, happy with that? Very happy. I am so happy that he was the fastest overall and I can definitely see him winning some races this year. Definitely. It made my McLaren heart very happy. Uh, right. On behalf of all Defosi, all right, Lando Norris needs to calm down a little bit, all right, because this is our year. 2022, oh. our year. Oh, talking about <laughs> calming down, honestly. He needs, needs to chill out a little bit and just realise that 2022 is our year, all right? So it was an unbelievable day as a as a Ferrari fan. Um, we, I, You know, we, we're quite high. I think 2019, 2018, 2015, we've always been kind of in the conversation of the top four spots during testing. Um, but I think the reason that people are so excited about this year is because we are, our design is very unique in terms of what we're seeing across the grid. Um, and that only excites me. That really, really does excite me. Enough to wear branded Ferrari clothing. I never wear this, by the way. I didn't, I haven't, this hasn't been I, seen. I didn't even for know like you owned years. it. This hasn't been seen for two years because it's been embarrassing to actually wear it for the last two years. But <laughs> now. I'm such a hollow fan. Now it's out. Horrible. It's out. We're here. Uh, I mean, yeah, it does look gorgeous to Ferrari. I think that's that's no arguments about about that. But it's Ferrari have liked to to do the headline times, 
You say about being top four in previous years, 2019, 2018, I think, when it was the Ferrari-Mercedes battle, they normally had the, the headline time and they were always top of testing and then it'd roll around to Australia and it'd be Lewis on pole. I think Bridges' reaction, right, is is testament to just how far Ferrari have fallen. He's so excited about pre-season testing and also claiming, oh yeah, no, top four, top four. There are 10 teams. Top four's not that impressive for Ferrari, right? Like, and it's, again, for pre-season testing. So, yeah, I mean, that it's a very Manchester United, Arsenal kind of state of affairs, isn't it? Um, and also, in 96... Ferrari rocks up at testing and Eddie Irvine has actually spoken about this before and said, yeah, we got there and we looked around and we thought, mm, our car looks nothing like anyone else's. And they'd gone the wrong way with it. And, you know, that, that set them back in 96. So it might look pretty, but is it the right way to go? What I will say is you have, you have a point there. And I have said that because our design's so different, we're either going to be right at the front, and you know James. James said early in an earlier podcast, someone might pull a brawn. That might be us. We've got we've got a different car this year. That might be us. We might pull a brawn, or we're going to fall further behind than we were in twenty twenty, which which could be an issue. You can take some solace in the fact that it looks like after the the very very shoddy renders that the Hass actually looks like they've followed a similar aerodynamic philosophy with the side pods. And Bridge, as a big Mazepin fan, I mean, I'm sure you must be comfortable with that. Um, interestingly on the, on the Haas, widely touted today as the most developed car at the test. And that's not to say it's the quickest or will be the quickest. It's just that they've done the most work on it. And it's the one that they've, I guess, that's turned up in Barcelona most in spec um, for the ra- first race of the season. Um, which isn't a huge surprise given that they didn't develop last year's car at all. I will say as well, Haas, you know, they were towards the bottom again today, um, which as a Mazepin fan breaks my heart a little bit, but it was because of a damage. They had reliability issues, which, you know, if if you're going to get it out of the way, get it out of the way during the first day of testing. So hopefully they only go from strength and strength now on. Yeah, on that note, uh, just to, to run down the the bottom of the table, I suppose, it was, like you say, Mazepin was 15th out of the 16 runners, just above Kubica in the Alfa Romeo with the other Alfa of Valtteri Bottas, up in 10th. Uh, but yeah, they had by far, those two teams had by far the, the fewest laps completed of any other team. They had 32 for Alfa Romeo and 43 for Haas. And... I mean, the minimum for the rest of the teams is you're, they're all over 100, I think. I mean, Max Verstappen on his own did 147. And and top of the list, Bridge will be pleased to know, was Ferrari with 153 laps. So we're fast and reliable. Look at that. Oh, that, that, is, that is the recipe for success in Formula One. I'm sorry. It's going to be 23 races from... 23 wins from 23 races. Exactly, exactly. But I will make just a quick hot take... All right, and we can leave it. We can leave it if you want. I can see Sam smiling already in the corner. But I believe that our driver lineup is the best on the grid. No. Yes. <laughs> no. The only per- the only two that can even come close 
are George and Lewis. But the reason they fail is because there is there's going to be I can feel it already this year at Mercedes. There's going to be some 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 sort of hierarchy mischief going on at Mercedes because if Mercedes can't give Lewis a car good enough to win a world title then he'll become just a, a bit of a, a role model for George. He'll, you know, con- they'll concentrate more on developing Mercedes' future. If they give him a car good enough to win a world title, forget George. Forget George. We can only, you can only have one person win a world title out of your two drivers. You know, they, they can't cross the line at the same time. I know we tried it with Barrichello and Schumacher, but, the, you know, you can't have two drivers go at the same rate. And we saw what happened with Nico and Hamilton... So they and they will put Hamilton first. So for that reason, it will be Sainz, Leclerc, one two finishes every single race in twenty twenty two. Thank you. In that order, it well no, it will switch on a, on a weekly basis. But um, Leclerc will win the title. I want to make that clear. I mean, you're discounting ricardo and norris very quickly from the best lineup conversation don't also, talk to me about daniel ricardo <laughs> don't don't even no, get me started he had one bad Did, year yeah. right come on abby jump in defend defend your man okay so like science was the most consistent driver last year he is very good and leclerc is very good as well but i think there could be a battle between ferrari mclaren mercedes and possibly Red Bull if they continue like they did last year. I think it could be up to any eight drivers. And saying that they'll put their focus on Hamilton and leave George, I don't think George will have a problem with that. He's excited to work with Hamilton and have him as a role model. So I think he'd just be happy to learn. But yeah, no, I think McLaren and Mercedes definitely have a shot. Yeah, you're right. Abby's right about Red Bull as well. Like they're in a hunt. I don't think Perez can hold a, a candle to, or a torch or any other, you know, kind of luminous device to Max Verstappen. But, sorry, that was terrible. I can't believe I, I actually write um, for, for, for you guys. I'm very, very sorry, Ollie. Um, but you can very easily throw back at Bridge that point about Hamilton and, and Russell Sainz and Leclerc, like, it didn't come to blows last year because they weren't fighting for anything, really. And Leclerc will 100% see himself as the number one, as the heir apparent to the Schumacher throne. And Sainz has been, you know, slept on his entire career. He's an underdog. And he's grown up around motorsport like Leclerc, and he will really, really want to prove that last year wasn't a, um, you know, a one-off. So you're going to have that dynamic um, and again, McLaren, either one of them, you know, could, could could win it if if they have a competitive car. Out of the four teams we've mentioned there, only Red Bull have a an obvious, um, you know, gap. Um, I think, and I say that, and I'm rambling now. I think Hamilton and Russell will be close, but Hamilton is that much better um, that I think he'll he'll still be comfortably top of uh, George. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing to Bridge about, yeah, we'll see when they're at the front. Because, I mean, they seemed to get on pretty well last year, but they weren't like Carlos and Lando. They weren't best mates. They just seemed amicable. And, I mean, let's not forget, yeah, you use the example of Nico and Lewis. 
they were best mates. Look at them celebrating on the podium so happy for each other at 2008 or whatever it was. As soon as you get to the front, it changes everything. I think there's a better chance of Lewis and George actually having an amicable battle because they're, they're a generation apart. Whereas Charles and Carlos are basically the same generation, same age, both can be vying as future champions. George slapped Bottas last year. You literally slapped him, Mermel. <laughs> literally, literally hit him. And you don't think that he's not going to... You know, as, as yeah, but don't forget, Carlos kicked, Carlos kicked that chair out from Lando. So he's a monster. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he tried to injure him, Netflix. didn't he? Yeah. But anyway, quickly, before I cause any more of a ruckus, we'll move on. Uh, obviously, this weekend we had uh, the Alpine launch, which is one of the final launches. I think we've got Alfa Romeo still to go. Um, guys, I just want initial reactions real quick from you guys. What were your what 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 we thinking about this new this new livery? Uh, I'm not big on it. It's all right. Yeah, no, I agree. I see I, lots of people who are like, I don't like the pink. I see people who are like, oh, there's not enough pink. Um, wh- however, I love the whole kind of like. Le- leaking a kind of you know the the jewel livery thing i think it was very very clever from a kind of pr marketing point of view however what wasn't clever from a pr marketing point of view was having your drivers in barcelona fly to paris for the launch and then fly back for pre-season testing or okay i don't know where they were at first but there's unnecessary air miles in there right like it just you know that annoyed me i sound like an eco warrior but it annoyed me if you've got a private jet, you can use it, can't you? I mean, if you've got it, flaunt it. <laughs> you sounded like a Lewis fan. Calm, calm down, Sam. <laughs> sort of calm down, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Abby. Yeah, I don't like it. I I like the idea of having the flipped liveries, like Sam said, but I really don't like it, and I don't really like their race suits either. I'm... I'm not a big fan of Alpine's livery this year. I will I will quickly say actually, I'm not I'm not a fan of the livery at all. I'm I'm it's kind of like a it's a you know, if an Alpine loved a racing point very, very much and that you know they had a, a loving relationship. But you know <laughs> not not a fan. But the race suits I'm actually a fan of. I quite I quite like the race suits. Bit. Also, I'm with, Abby. Ones. I'm with Abby. I don't like him. I, I think no. Fernando looks weird in it. It doesn't look right. He, he looks. He looks like he doesn't like it. Like he's aside not, from anything else, it. he looks that's, so uncomfortable. That's what's, that's what's funny about it. He, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Right? Got, I, I enjoy you've got it. Grown man. You've got a grown man who's like, I'm not wearing pink. Like, come on. <laughs> but also, um, if you compare it to last year's race suits that look like they were bought off eBay last minute. They are a world of improvement. Yeah, they were weird last year. They were weird to be black, like considering there was no black on the car. Uh, yeah, in answer to Bridges' original question, I I was a little let down by it. I, I said on our uh, Formula Nerds chat that I wanted something like the Brabham, Damon Hill's Brabham in 92, or I think there was an Onyx maybe in 89 that both had blue and pink on. And I loved both of those cars, like... I remember yeah, seeing them, it was before I was either born or old enough to understand what F1 really was. But having seen them as a kid, I remember really thinking they were cool. And it was 
it just wasn't quite there. And Sean Sean Bull, the designer, had like led everyone on saying, "Oh, you know, it's going to be the best livery on the grid. It's going to be neon wave and like Miami Vice and stuff." And then it was just a pink side pod. And the flipped flip livery isn't a flip livery. That that's a bugbear. This doesn't have any blue on it. Yeah, no, it's pink. It's pink. It's not flipped. It's just pink. <laughs> Wait, just quickly, just circling back to, to James's comment about years. James, do you not know what year you were born? There were two separate years I mentioned. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The two separate cars. <laughs> They're three years apart. I'll you off. But, but thanks, maths with Sam. Yeah, I, it's not awful, but... I personally really liked Alpine's livery last year. Like I have it on my cal- on my F1 calendar in my room. I liked that one. I don't like this one. I just no, I don't like it. Is that allowed as a McLaren fan? Well, what the calendar? It's got like yeah. several different F1 images on and Alpine okay. was just February. McLaren's uh, okay. most of it. That's fine then. Also, though, before we move on, we need to talk about Otmar. Because one thing I noticed during that Alpine launch was he kept on saying we when referring to Aston Martin, which, I mean, I don't think it's a great look. And I get that he was there for a long time at Racing Point, Force India, you know, so and so forth. But when you're launching a rival's car, you've got to, you got, you got to not do that. So, yeah, he, he just, I didn't get the impression he really wanted to be there. Um, which made me feel a bit awkward. I mean, and everyone said he would—he just looked miserable because of the the iron rule of Lawrence Stroll. Maybe he's just miserable. Yeah, maybe he doesn't like the car either. Maybe he doesn't like the livery, and that's why. Okay. Sorry, Abby, I just wanted to check. Do you not like the livery? Are you, are you, I just wanted to check. Yeah, I don't okay. like it. Okay, cool. I yeah, no, I just wanted—I just wanted to check because. <laughs> <laughs> I think Omar's brilliant, though. I think he's fantastic. And what he did at Aston Martin Racing Point Force India was exceptional. So I, th- I think he can rightly feel quite hard done by on what's occurred at Aston Martin. But it's some more controversial news, uh, other than how Omar Safnau might be feeling. Um, there have been changes at the FIA as, I guess, you know, kind of rumoured, suggested, hoped for, um, throughout the last you know two three months since the, um, the fallout of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, so, so Michael Massey is moving on uh, to a new position in the FIA. Um, and Abby, who's taking place? Eduardo Fritas and Nils Wittick are both going to be doing the job of the race director. I believe they're going to be alternating throughout the season with the help of Herbie Blash, who was there when Charlie Whiting was the race director as well. So I, for one. I'm quite glad that the role of the race director has been split into two. Less pressure on them, I think. Could it see? Could it lead to more inconsistency? I mean, I, I think it. It's probably. I agree with you overall. I think it's probably good that it's such an intense job. Um, I when I first saw the news, I assumed it was going to be the two of them together. Um, but I guess maybe yeah, because they have Herbie Blush there uh, as the assistant during each, I guess he will be at each race and be the, the deputy to both of them. I think, yeah, the return of Herbie is the the biggest, best news in that. Like a wise old head, I think, is what the sport really needs right now. Yeah, building off what James just said, I, I think it's going to cause 
I mean, I'm not saying that Michael Massey did a good job. I mean, he, he did mess up, you know, the pinnacle of motorsport in, you know, in December. But I think it's just going to cause more problems than it actually solves. Because now instead of one man following a set of rules, you've now got three men having a discussion and then you've got the VAR system on top of that analysing the decision they've made. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have... 30 minutes you know he describes it as a VAR like system if you if you're a fan of football you know we've had 10 minute periods where a referee has had to have a discussion with VAR about the outcome of a decision he made 10 minutes ago so you know if that's going to happen in formula 1 that's not something we need and you know but we'll have to see how it's integrated honestly because if it's anything like VAR people are going to be split right down the middle on it you make a fair point, Bridge. Um, I think that, and also in an F1 race, it's not like you can just, like, oh, everyone, stop where you are. <laughs> we need to review something. Like, it's it's happening in real time. These guys are going 200 miles an hour. Like, you know, that doesn't work feasibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've said it before on probably multiple podcasts by this point, but if they can operate within a very, very watertight framework where they unilaterally, whoever it is who is the race director that weekend, can unilaterally make the decision, then you might be okay. But it needs to be bulletproof. Um, and that's ultimately what was the problem for Massey. Yeah, and Lewis has said, hasn't he, that they need to make sure they've got non-biased stewards and that previously there have been some that may have taken a liking to certain drivers. And Alonso said last year he felt that some drivers were being treated differently, especially after the Russian Grand Prix, he said that. So it will be interesting to see how it works and what the drivers Yeah, I think, I mean, Lewis is obviously going to feel righteously kind of screwed over. He's still, as much as he's trying to move on, there's no way he's going to forget the the stewards upheld Massey's decision at the end of last year and said, yeah, no, he didn't do anything wrong. So, of course, he's feeling pretty aggrieved right right now still. But I think it's probably a fair point. I mean, there are going to be... You quite often see drivers hanging out with other members of the paddock, travelling together, stuff like that. I've always said it should be a consistent panel of stewards, race to race. And then, then we'll get consistency because they, they have to be held to their own previous decisions rather than it being a totally different panel. And yeah, okay, it's maybe difficult to find someone who can do it, but, you know, pay him. It's F1, you've got the money. Like, there are enough people who dedicate 23 weekends a year to the sport. Surely they can find three people to do refereeing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you've put it perfectly there, James. Um, that's, yeah, it's a, a very, very fair point. Um and yeah, hopefully it all works well. Um, but I hope the sport adapts quickly if it sees problems like we saw towards the end of last season. Moving on from Formula One, it was the first x for the Extreme E 2022 season at the weekend. Now, I watched it. It was quite eventful, I think. There was three crashes we had Christine Gampauli Zonka crashed in Q1 and ended up with a fractured foot. Timmy Hansen for Genesis Andretti United crashed in the semi-final too, going over some camel grass. And Tanner Faust crashed in the final race, which 
was really sad because it was McLaren's first extreme E race and they DNF'd. So I think you're going to have to explain to Bridge what camel grass is, yeah, just what, judging what by his reaction. What the hell is camel grass? <laughs> I'm glad it's, I'm not the only one who saw him do that. <laughs> it's just like the grass that grows in the desert, isn't it? Like It comes up in big heaps and if the car goes over it, it crashes and rolls. But there you go, Bridge. For, 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 for I get too much of that in Maranello. <laughs> no, you don't. That doesn't grow. That doesn't grow in, in Italy. That, doesn't, that never happens. For for the use of the listener, basically what Bridget did there was similar to when a meerkat hears something and all of a sudden turns and like perks up their head, uh, just so. <laughs> well, I said about Christine Jeezy getting a fractured foot, there was another injury with Kevin Hansen, but it wasn't because of a crash. He suffered a cracked vertebrae and a bruised lung going down the final hill, which I was really surprised. I saw the post on Instagram afterwards and he was in hospital and having to learn to walk again because of it. I'm really glad he's okay. But it that's some dangerous stuff driving in the desert. Did he hit a rock or something? I genuinely that's totally news to me. I hadn't seen that. What happened? I don't know. I think it was like the hard compression of going so fast downhill that it just caused a crack in his vertebrae, which I'm yeah, I'm really glad they're all wow. okay because scary stuff. And relating to Extreme Jamie Chadwick, who drove for Veloce last season, is now returning to the W Series. We all heard that Caitlyn Jenner announced her own racing team, Jenner Racing, for the 2022 Series of W Series. And Chadwick has been named the first driver. Now, I'm really excited to see Chadwick back in W Series and back on track. I... I'm personally not excited to see Chadwick back in W Series. I think she deserves a spot in F2 or F3 at the very least. She is a, a solid, she's a very quick driver. She's a, she is a talent. And I think we need to move past this point where we've allowed W Series to be seen as the, the equivalent of F1 for women. Because it's, you know, no other feeder series allows the champion to come back. Chadwick is more than deserving of a drive in F2 or F3. And yeah, I would have liked to see one of those teams step up uh, and offer a drive. Yeah, that is a very good point, actually. Like when people think of women in motorsport, I mean, women in motorsport, Horner thinks that they're there for the good looking guys. But it is the W series that you typically think of. But you are right. Chadwick does deserve to be in F3 or F2. And it would be Great to actually see her test the guy's limits, I think. Test the male racing driver's t- talents. I think at the very least, I'd like to see her get a test. Just a, just a test would be would be good. Because then even if, even if, you know, they put her in a simulator or they gave her a test and she wasn't as quick in the Formula 3 or Formula 2 cars, then they would have a reason. They could then go back to her and say, look, you're not quite as good as this group of people, so we can't offer you the drive. That That is... You know, that's fair then. But the fact they haven't even let her foot in the door, you know, you can't you can't say, you know, well, we gave her a shot and she didn't, you know, we can't really say come and have a drive with us if they, if she's not quick enough. Because all these teams want to win. So, um, so yeah, I agree. She needs, she needs a, ver- a test at the very least. Yeah, it, I think it's a great look for, for the W Series because it's supposed to be a feeder series and she's won it twice now. So the fact that she's 
basically had to resort seemingly to coming back to it because yeah no one else is like bridge said let her get a foot in the door it's a shame and yeah no, i totally agree i think she she deserves more she deserves a shot somewhere and i don't know why people aren't taking her up on it And to wrap up this week, we have some news that was broken to us only a few minutes before we came on air to record this podcast. And that is um, that there is a holding page or a standing page, at least, for a Turkish Grand Prix in 2022. Um, So as you all know, Turkey is not provisionally on the calendar. It even had a ticket section. So that suggests that there is potential movement in the calendar and I'd bet it's probably towards the end of the year or the end of the European portion of the season. Um, so, guys, what do you reckon that might be replacing? Are you are you trying to avoid being the one who starts World War Three on our podcast? <laughs> yeah, that was very politically <laughs> correct. <so. laughs> it could be somewhere, maybe east of Ukraine. I'm not sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely right. I think it it looks like with the situation in Russia and Ukraine potentially escalating um we're going to steer clear of you know kind of any opinions here um but with that situation ongoing there may be movements in the calendar needed um so yeah it looks like turkey is being touted as a replacement uh, which geographically is a you know a fairly similar region um so it makes sense from a travel point of view for the sport as well um and i'd just like to say thank you to rich um our head of news for for breaking that to us um, he's always on the button, always quick with this stuff. And if you follow us on Twitter, you'll know how brilliant he is there as well. Um, so that is pretty much all we have time for today. Um, so I would just like to say thank you to Bridge for forever having hot takes and being entertaining. Um, and James as well, always knowledgeable and uh, brings a kind of, you know, a decorum and, um, you know... <laughs> I mean, please carry on. <laughs> Chuck he's this on the CV. He's trying to keep his space on this podcast, isn't he? Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And Ollie, I mean, what a guy. Hey. <laughs> he's trying to get himself. Oh, my word. That was amazing. Look at that. Keep going, Tom. Like, I was enjoying that. Decorum. Oh, decorum. James, you do add decorum. Oh. I'll give it. I'll give that to Thanks, you. Man. You do. It's like a, a calming presence. You like do a, add decorum. But, yeah. uh, and also, but I think James. Really not, I think decorum for, for 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 radio. <laughs> um, uh, also, the wait. perfect face for TV. Um, and as always, Abby, um, <laughs> who I'll oh, throw man. over to you in a second. Um, who. I work very, very closely with with the F two O three stuff. Um, so it's a pleasure being here with you today as well. Thank you. What an outro! <laughs> oh, <darling. laughs> oh, right. Well, I am sweating. Sam, thank you very much for having been here again. Super sub. Great to have you. Um, if you want, you have any, a glorious beard. You have a glorious beard. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I wasn't doing this for compliments. It's <laughs> I got so far into Bridges one because yeah. like bridge. it did feel like you just feel like yeah cheers James and Abby <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hadn't prepared <laughs> mentally <laughs> oh my oh. word well chuck any of that before the intro there you go yeah Jesus <laughs> Ollie's gonna be like I need to get rid of this cool. guy ASAP he just wrote our Tinder bios for us <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh but yeah 
Anyway. I'm sorry for suggesting you don't watch the sport, Bridge. <laughs> no, honestly, on, when you run out of things to say, you're just mean to me. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's your reflex. <laughs> you know what it is? It's because you're always top left. Oh. And that's where I look, like, that, just naturally on my screen. Oh, okay, so it's my fault. Okay, sorry. sorry about, yes, about basically, if, if, if you weren't the one hosting yeah. the oh, Zoom yeah. call, you'd be, be safe. Fault. I let it go earlier, but I loved when Bridge was like, oh yeah, and Sam in the corner. Like, we're all in a corner. That's, that's how four people on a Zoom call works. No. Uh, he's not even in... I don't even know why I said he's not even in a corner. He's not on mine. They're yeah. all up top. Podcast Network.